Welcome back, everyone. We have such an exciting episode with Isabel Miller today. You guys, she was literally so cute. We're obsessed. She's so cute. And she had such great advice. Like, I was like, no, literally. I need to be on her level. Same. I was like, literally need to just be so unbothered. I, we needed to take notes, honestly. Get out your notepad, you guys. Yeah, we're going to listen to it again and, and take Totally. Notes. I'm going to introduce Isabel. She's an ambitious model, content creator, and influencer based in LA. She has quickly gained a following for her sensual and daring content, captivating audiences with her alluring presence. She's not just a model, but also a talented content creator and influencer. She uses her platforms to share her personal experiences and to give an intimate look into her life, which is appreciated by followers. With a growing fan base and a commitment to making a positive impact, Isabel is a force to be reckoned with and is on her journey to the top as she continues to make waves in the fashion and beauty world. We had such great conversations with Isabel. We touched on a lot of different topics. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about the hate that comes along with being a creator, screen time, being intentional, self-care, self-love. We talked about all sorts of stuff. So let's get into the interview. Isabel, Over all of your platforms, you have over a million followers. Is that correct? That is. For the most part, I used to have a huge Twitter account that unfortunately got taken down. But um, I have a backup account and honestly, it didn't affect me much. So yeah, pretty close. (laughs) Well, with all of those followers, I'm sure that you've come across negative comments, even hate thrown your way. How do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. Because that has got to be so difficult. Honestly, it was difficult at first because I was really tempted to kind of like, you know, hash it out with them and be like, oh, no, you're not telling me the truth. That is not okay. Don't comment mean things, etc. But over the years, I've realized that I have nothing to prove. If they don't like it, if they're not happy here, I'll just delete and block them. I mean, what is there to hate about somebody's body or you know, cute pictures, sexy pictures, etc. And I don't know. It's gotten to the point where nowadays there's this lady I follow on uh, social media. I think her name is Emily Marico, and she makes amazing cooking videos. And I see so many hateful comments. I'm like, how do you hate cooking videos? It's so bizarre. Right. Like, people are always going to hate, no matter what. Exactly. And that's what I figured they're going to hate no matter what. It doesn't really affect me. I can just block them and move forward. True, because you have so many other people who follow you and enjoy your content that it overshadows it. Exactly. There's so much more positive that's coming out, more so than the negative. So I don't like really to give my energy and time to something that doesn't benefit me. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. That is definitely something we can relate to because sometimes those comments like they're just so rude for no reason and like you just want to respond and like fire back and it is hard sometimes but then when you realize like at the end of the day that's their issue it doesn't matter you're doing you you're out there looking so good and looking so confident like it doesn't matter at the end of the day but that is um definitely a good tip yeah I may have stalked a little bit. Yes. <laughs> I may have stalked your Instagram. Oh, I'll just say I'm no better than a man. 
<laughs> you were slaying in every picture. Yes. <laughs> so oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so how you so you are an OnlyFans model. So how yes. did you kind of step into that? And is that sort of a way? Like, do you feel empowerment through doing that? Because you look so confident and so good in all your pictures. So I am getting that it's a way of empowerment. So like, how did you step into that? I started posting first on uh, Twitter. And initially I was just posting like modeling photos, modeling pictures in maybe like lingerie, bikinis, etc. And I had a friend tell me, hey, so this platform called OnlyFans. You can monetize your presence online and not do all that stuff for free. So I decided that, you know what, I'll join it and see how it goes. At first, it was a bit overwhelming because you have to like post and send messages and answer messages and all that stuff. And I found it a bit overwhelming at first. But during the pandemic, when it blew up, really, I started doing my research and realizing that there was so much business potential behind it. Not only OnlyFans itself, but just content creation in general. So that really got me going. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to go all in on this and really knock it out of the park because this is my time. This is my opportunity. Why not just go at it? And that's what I did. And it was fantastic for me. I do have to admit that there are stressful times. It's not always easy to be on there 24-7. And, you know, keep up with everything at once. But once I started really finding my groove, it started becoming better. Now, when it comes to empowerment, I want to be more conscious when I say that X, Y, Z is empowering because as women, we are all different. That's why I don't really give advice or tell people you should do an event do it do it because it's very different for everyone Mm -hmm. and what's empowering for one person is not going to be the same thing for the next person and also maybe not for maybe not forever what makes you feel empowered five years ago might feel different the next five years so i think empowerment fundamentally comes from within and not necessarily your profession or online presence I love that. You had such great points in there because it's so true and it is a very stressful job and there's a lot that comes with it. And I feel like it's hard too, because there's such a stigma with OnlyFans and with sex work in general. And so I think that it's really good when you're posting and you're promoting your account and your portfolio that you can see how confident you are. And like, I feel like for you, this is something that you enjoy doing but it might not be the same for other people. So that's a good point. Cause I know some girls that are like on TikTok and saying like, this is how you do OnlyFans. I recommend everybody does it, but not everybody is comfortable with it. That's very true because there is a big stigma. And if if you cannot live with that stigma for the rest of your life, if there's shame attached to your sexuality, your sense of self, and what you have done in the past or are going to do in the future, I don't recommend it. And I think the unfortunate part is that like, there are people who do have shame, who do have problems to do it anyway, and maybe it's going to work out for them in the future. But I think if you have that baggage, I don't think it's necessary. There are so many ways to get quote-unquote rich or make money or get fame and etc. 
and OnlyFans had it doesn't have to be that. So unless you're really into it, and that's something you can you see yourself doing into long term, because I know people out there who are just knocking it out of the park and they are so consistent with it and they really put their mind, body, and soul into it, and it works out so well for them. But like I said, it's not for everyone, and that is completely fine. And societal stigma depends on who you are. Some people it affects them more. Some people it affects them less. And that's, once again, watch these things where hate comes and goes. Some people will choose to perceive you in a disrespectful way, and that's their choice. One thing in life, I don't like to make other people's problems mine. So that's my mantra. If somebody doesn't like the fact that, you know, I do OnlyFans or Instagram modeling and stuff, there's nothing I can do about it. I know myself fundamentally and that's it. I love that. So do you, when you are like in this um, space creating, do you interact with a lot of other creators and are those interactions like positive and uplifting or is this industry kind of like competitive and people are just trying to get to the top? I think you can have both. Kind of like a lot of industries in general, you're going to have people out there who are just so kind and loving and others start, you know, are not quite there yet. Overall, I think it's so much healthier to surround yourself with people you see yourself with in the long term, working with in the long term, and sometimes they're hard to find, and that's okay. And sometimes you realize that, you know what, maybe I need some alone time and I don't need to interact with that many people. So having a small circle is also great. I agree with that. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard when you're in an online creative space because like there's so many people that we interact with, fellow creators mm-hmm. who we love, like who we've met before and we love supporting each other. But then there's also the other side that we've talked about where it's just nasty, like it's a black hole and it's horrible. And so it is good to like keep your inner circle small, like let those people support you and you in turn support them, but focus on your like actual relationships. I think is a really important thing. That's so true because there's so much more that can come out of nurturing the loving relationships you already have, the relationship you have with yourself first and foremost, versus kind of like meddling with muddy waters and people who don't give a crap about you or talking behind your back, don't have the same values as you do. It's a waste of time and life is too short for that. I love that you said that because... When people look at our social media profiles, they don't know us. Mm -hmm. We think that we get an idea of what somebody is, but we don't. Like, we don't know anything about them, really, except what they post. And so I think that's really important to remember. And I like how you said, it's not my problem if someone doesn't like me, because it's true. It's not. There's nothing that we can do to change that. Very true. (laughs) So something that we talk about on our podcast. And we did a full episode on this a while back, but we like the concept of like body acceptance and um, body positivity, like self-love, all of that. So can you talk about if you've had like 
that self-love journey. Can you talk about that? Oh, yes. And it was <laughs> quite challenging at first because when I started out with OnlyFans and modeling, I was already small. And even back then, I had quite, I had quite some issues with my body image because there are so many people out there who I perceived as being prettier than me, fitter than me, etc. So at first, if you're not experienced, it was easy for me to compare myself to others without necessarily having that discernment that, hey, you know, everybody's going to look different and that's fine. But also there are some unhealthy components in it because some photographers are going to make you feel some kind of way if you don't look like... Um, if you're not like a 5'11 model or you're not a size double zero, you know? And thankfully over time, I've realized that I only want to work with people who make me, who make me feel great about myself. If I feel that weird energy that the photographer is working with you just because, and that normally would much rather be somewhere else shooting a VS looking kind of model. Like I said, again, I shift away from that because that's not fair to me. Maybe that's not fair to them. That's our perspective, but I'm not going to make myself feel like crap mm -hmm. for just being me. That's ridiculous. Right. Especially since I am beautiful, I am confident, I'm worth it. So why is that I'm going to compare myself to somebody who's, you know, on paper, more popular or more, quote unquote, beautiful, valuable, however you want to say it. So one thing, too, that helped me out a lot is to just accept myself. Because even though I was small, I started gaining weight over time and getting curvier. And at first I was like, oh, I should go to the gym more. I should, you know, get on this diet. And it's, I don't know. It just was not necessarily the best focus. Mm. I think fundamentally I should have ac accepted myself first and foremost, which, thank which thankfully I did. And from there, there's nothing to really disapprove of. I'm happy with who I am. And if I feel like I'm surrounded by people or environments that don't really have those values of self-love and acceptance, I remove myself, I remove Sam, and I keep going forward. So it seems like you being very intentional about who you surround yourself with and who you choose to work with has really helped you to step into yourself in this industry and like make a name for yourself. And I think that's really good that's advice. Yes, because at first you want to take all the opportunities, you know, work with everybody and just get things done and get out there until you realize that, hey, I don't have to do this. I really don't. It's better to wait and be patient and really have the quality of people around that are not going to project their own fears onto you because at the end of the day, that's not fair to, it's not fair to me to be in an environment that's not really conductive to my well-being overall. So I think putting myself first as a creator is extremely important. And I wish I knew that earlier. That's really good advice. And I think that applies to everyone, whether you're a creator or not, but your environment and the people around you really have a huge impact. So that's really great advice. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, BetterHelp. It's 2023 and it's time to really prioritize our mental health this year. No matter where you are in life, everyone can benefit from therapy. 
Whether you need to work through trauma or just need a safe person to talk to, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp is the world's largest online therapy service. Get matched with a professional licensed therapist in your state who you can trust. BetterHelp has options to communicate with your therapist via chat, email, or video, and you can message them at any time to get help. BetterHelp is giving our listeners 10% off if you sign up using the link in our show notes. If you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, or just need someone to talk to, try BetterHelp today by clicking the link in our show notes or go to betterhelp.com slash rtafpod to get 10% off today. Are there things that you do in your personal life, um, like outside of work that help you to make your environment like the best energy possible? Like, do you spend time with your space? Like, are there certain things that you've done? Honestly, I just spend a lot of time with myself. I love to read. I love to do what I love to do. I don't put pressure on myself anymore to have a social group that does a bunch of stuff that I don't 100% care for. Like, for example, I don't really care for going to clubs that much or going to bars and bar hop and do things like that anymore. And I never really did. But sometimes when you want to be social, you're like, oh, yeah, let's go here. Let's mm-hmm. go there. Let's totally. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know what? They wouldn't exactly do what I do. What am I doing? What they want to do, you know? Yeah. I'll just do things by myself. <laughs> Honestly, hey, if it works, it works. We love an independent queen. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because the more you rely on others, I've realized, the more likely I am to, quote unquote, not lose myself, but uh, feel drained because it's kind of like I'm giving energy, but what is it that I get exactly? I don't see that fair exchange, and which is fine. And I think that's an indication of really discovering myself, going inward, and really doing what is it that I love. I love that. I think that's great advice. Have you taken steps, like physical steps in your self-love, like self-acceptance journey, for example, like, do you like to journal or are you like an avid therapy goer or do you have like certain self-care regimens that you do to help you with that? Yes, I have done a lot of self-care. One thing that I just love doing is reading every every morning really getting that time to myself to reflect, slow down, enjoy, especially my cup of coffee daily, at least for now, that I love. Besides that, I do journal occasionally. I used to journal a lot more, but I realized, you know what? It kind of leads me to overthink, and I don't want to overdo it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we tend to, like, I think, we tend to overcomplicate everything with so many concepts here and there and discourses. And it's like, it's really not that deep at the end of the day, at least for me personally, I like to simplify everything. I used to be a therapy goer and I think that helped me a lot. But one thing too, that has helped me a lot is to go out of my way to really work on my long-term goals as well and be focused on that because it's easy to get caught up in what society deems as what self-care should be like versus realizing what your own self-care actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with I... that... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And with that, I've discovered trans- transcendental meditation, 
And while it's not something that I do every single day, but I find it really powerful and profound because it really helps me get grounded without necessarily sitting there in my bed and try to meditate day and night. And yeah. then guess what? <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like meditation has helped you to manifest at all? I don't know if, how you feel about manifestation, but I'm really interested in it. <laughs> I think partially, yes, because I think one a big thing about manifestation, you really need a clear mind for that. And if you don't really have clarity in manifestation, I don't know how helpful it is, for, at least personally. And the clearer I am, the more intentional I become, which makes the quote-unquote manifestation more powerful. So that's my perspective on it. It's like, if you need clarity of mind, yes, meditation can help. But I wouldn't make it compulsive. I say, I need to to meditate and recite (laughs) this. But to X, Y, Z, because when it's mechanical, you you lose something out of it. Because I don't know about you, but when somebody tells you, recite this affirmation every morning and then meditate for 30 minutes and do a sound bath, it, lo- it looks like a shopping list. And what is what is it about it that's really intentional for you? Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that I'd love to get into. And it's like, what is it that actually makes sense? Because if I sit here somewhere in a sound bath and I don't feel connected, I have every single reason to leave without thinking that I am, you know, doing something bad for not taking care of myself. So I think intention and awareness is really important. That is so true because I, I'm in the same boat with you about journaling. Like sometimes it just stresses me out way more. And then it feels like I like how you said, like a shopping list of things that you have to do. So if something isn't working for you self-care wise, but it's very popular mainstream. It's okay to not do that. And I really like that you highlighted that. That is true because I think it's so easy to feel guilty about, oh no, I'm not meditating. Oh no, I'm not going to the gym. Oh no, I'm not doing this. But I think behind procrastination, there's some truth to it. Maybe you really hate eating eggs in the morning and that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> right. In the morning, you don't have to drink those protein shakes if you don't like them. So I think we've missed the fundamentals of life, which is, personally speaking, I think true success is doing what you love. And we miss the fundamentals so much by the shopping list of wake up at 4 a.m. and go to the gym. And it's like, I don't want to do that. I will wake up at 11 a.m. That makes me happy. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, I love it. It's so true. Keeping it simple often is better because it's not overwhelming. It doesn't feel like a chore, but you know that it's something that you actually enjoy doing. I recently have noticed that I've spent less time on screens and that has really helped me to like be more intentional. Like we've been talking about, how do you manage your screen time? Like working on social media, basically. I manage my screen time a lot better now because at first it used to be chaotic. It's like, I have to be on social media to monitor all this, all that. And it's like, "Mm, I don't have to actually. So I divide my screen time between personal screen time and professional screen time. So as time went by, I got very radically strict with my professional screen time. 
because I realized that, hey, if I linger around too much on my professional TikTok or Instagram and et cetera, it's like, okay, am I just comparing here? Am I wasting time here? Am I actually learning here? And I find that the less time I spend on professional social media consumption, the better. Because then I'm not too much in those rabbit holes of, oh, this person is doing this. Oh, I should be doing that and etc. Versus actually spending more time on personal screen time. Really consuming things that I like, things that I love and things that resonate with me. So I don't necessarily force myself to not be on my phone, especially around lunchtime. People say, oh, don't look at your phone while you eat. But I can do either or. It doesn't bother me personally. So it's all about, you know, really knowing what is it that works for you. Because it's easy to get a big red brush and paint social media as this evil thing. You shouldn't be on there. Oh, get off social media. (laughs) In fact, actually curating our social media because those algorithms work for us we don't work for the algos and people forget that like if your algo is showing you penguins you don't like penguins look at flowers i don't know right right you do something that makes sense for you because i noticed for a while that the news i was getting were really negative for example i think some platforms are guilty of that number one, Twitter, sometimes YouTube. I'm like, you know what? I don't like those negative news. I don't like those negative posts. I don't like certain political posts. I will skip them. And I don't feel guilty about it. It's like, hey, I cannot save the world. I can dedicate myself to some causes and learn about them and educate myself about them. But I cannot be scrolling on social media and somebody is yelling at me, why aren't you doing this about X, Y, Z? And it's like, listen, skip. I'm going to go somewhere else. This person doesn't even know me. The next month, at most three months, it will be forgotten about. So I'm not going to put myself in places where I'm feeling drained. And social media should be here to replenish you, not drain you. So that's one thing that really helped me out in the long run. That's a really good takeaway, I think, is just being more intentional because there's a lot of creators that I've heard like on podcasts or on their platforms where they're like, I limit my personal screen time to like 30 minutes a day because I work on my phone. But I like how you said it just depends. Like you just have to feel it out and be balanced. Exactly. And it's about how you feel as well. If that creator is like 30 minutes max and I'm out of here. That is completely fair and it's amazing for them. Heck, even if it's 10 minutes, do your 10 minutes and get out of there. If it's three hours, so be it. Exactly. I love that. I want to hear your take on the whole screen time and intentional thing too. It's like, what is your take about it as content creators ourselves? I really like what you said because... I feel like there's a lot of shame around like the screen time situation, especially as content creators, because it's like, oh, you're on it all the time. And everyone else like on podcasts, like all these influencers and stuff are talking about how they limit their screen time and they're like, they don't look at their phone when they first wake up and all this stuff. And I feel like that puts a lot of pressure on. Um, I am not good with my screen time at all. I'm 
on the computer all day for work. And then at night, like I just want to relax and unwind. And so my screen time isn't very good, but I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, it's hard because I feel like we're all guilty of this, but like I have time limits set on my social media. And even after I run out of the time, I still go and I just bored scroll and I hate doing that. But I mentioned like lately, I've been getting into a routine where I turn off my phone. I put it on do not disturb at a certain time. And then I try and read or I just go to bed. But that has really helped me because then I'm not going to bed like stimulated and like thinking of things that I saw on social media. So that has really helped me. But overall, I'm not the best with my screen time. It's hard. Yes, I think there's just so much out there. And if she was the type of person who just loved to learn and discover new things, it's so easy to get, you know, into these rabbit holes. And I think one thing too that helped me is like really being more intentional too about the creators that I follow, so about the type of content that I follow. Because some people, especially on YouTube, have this really like clickbaity controversial title Mm -hmm. and like oh let me see that one (laughs) and you're like you know this felt kind of icky you know is this really what I want to be consuming so I think that helped a lot too and sometimes I feel like why am I watching all these videos maybe I should be reading and etc but then I realized you know what if I'm tired later on in the evening and I don't get information as much as in the morning, what is reading really going to do? So I kind of like, you know, think about it as well. So I think overall at this point, it's like until I'm tired of it, then I'll just see how it goes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really just like being intentional. I think that's the whole theme of like this episode. But um, it is hard. Like I specifically remember one time I felt so guilty because I watched a 75 part TikTok. Ra- I went down like a 75 part TikTok rabbit hole about Britney Spears. Wow. And wow. I was like, I never, I never saw it. It was I never knew there were 75 parts TikToks. That's yes. amazing. It was insane, but I was like so hooked in. And then I was like, hey, I need to delete TikTok. I need to do this. Like I need to stop social media. No, I was so dramatic. <laughs> But it does get hard. So I like how a big theme it seems like in your life is just like being intentional with how you spend your time and who you spend your time with and who you work with. That is so true. One thing too that really helped me out lately was like, for example, your 75 part thing. If I see something like that that's really time consuming, like for example, I'm binge watching an entire series on Netflix for like maybe a day or two. I said it from the get-go, I'm not going to be guilty about this. This is what I want to do. And that's it. I'm just going to love it, enjoy it, and not feel guilty about this. And I think that helped a lot. And it really helps me gauging how I feel afterwards. If I feel like, you know what, I could have done without it, next time then, I just do without it. Next time I see something similar, I just move forward because I know that Hey, this is not doing much for me at the end of the day. But if I realize that, hey, I really love binge watching certain series on Netflix, then trust me, I'll binge watch the series. I am obsessed with that because that's something that I struggle with a lot. Like the productivity guilt, like if I'm just laying there or I'm maybe not being as productive as I should be, 
Um, like for example, a lot of times I'll get off of work and then I'll immediately be like, okay, I need to work on the podcast and do school and do all this stuff. But then lately I've been trying to listen to my body and say like, if I just immediately go from working all day to working again and not just taking a break and literally just laying there if I want to, that I'm, I'm not going to be productive anyways. So I think that that's definitely inspiring me that I feel like I'm on the right path of like listening to my body um, af- after what you said. So I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, so we're the captains of our own ship. So if we decide what's good for us, I think that's the best thing we can do. That's hard in today's hustle culture, like especially in this country. It's just so hard. But I really love that you embody that because life is not just about work and go, go, go all the time. Like a big part of life is to figure out who we are and what we like and how we want to spend our time. And we can't do that if we don't make time for it. So I really like that. I think that's really good for promoting like overall balance in your life too. Very true. Maybe it's because I'm a Libra. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Isabel, do you have anything else that you want to leave our audience today? Well, I had a wonderful conversation. I really hope that whoever is listening can take away something positive from it. And follow me on my socials. On Instagram, it's going to be Isabel Miller X. On TikTok, it's Isabel Miller. And actually, yeah, on TikTok, it's Isabel Miller. On YouTube, Isabel Miller. Awesome. We'll definitely link all of your socials in the show notes so that our listeners can go follow you and check out your pages. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yes, well, thank thank you you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Yeah, I loved it too. You girls are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)